Welcome to episode 146 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is the first 40 miles. Today on the first 40 miles, What's new in the world of backpacking gear? Well, we're back from the Outdoor Retailer Show to share gear that is relevant to backpackers. Then we'll share a listener story that may inspire you to rethink your freeze-dried chicken a la whatever. Next, you'll learn how to turn a handheld flashlight into a hands-free flashlight. All this, and that's about it. Today on the first... 40 miles. I've heard that the first rule of show business is to leave the audience wanting more. Well, this ain't show business, sister. This is the first 40 miles, a hiking and backpacking podcast. And so instead of leaving you wanting more today, we're just going to fire hose you with all of the cool and interesting things that we saw at this summer's Outdoor Retailer Show in Salt Lake City. We're not holding anything back today. The Outdoor Retailer Show is a place where outdoor gear manufacturers come and present all their latest products. I mean, I said latest product, but it's actually their next products. Futuristic products. Yeah, the products that, uh, I mean, many of them are on the shelves already. And then there's a whole bunch of products that they're showcasing at Outdoor Retailer that are not on the shelves yet. And this is the first opportunity for some people to see them. Yeah, and like some of them won't even be available until spring 2018. And retailers come to start making their purchase decisions, uh, what they're going to stock in their stores or what they're going to take on their guide trips. Or You know, there's a lot of different uh, types of retailers that show up at the show. And then there's us, media. Maybe not showbiz, but media. (laughs) (laughs) And we also get to check out all the new stuff that's coming out from the manufacturers. And in fact, today, uh, we're just going to, we're throwing the top five list out the window today. (laughs) This is a fire hose list of things that we saw at Outdoor Retailer that you all might be interested in as backpackers. And it's not even a very well-organized list. This is really just a brain dump of all of the things that really stood out to me. It's not even in any special order. It's just the things that I thought our first 40 milers would be interested in. And we appreciate all of the first 40 milers who gave their input on things that they wanted us to look for. We found what you were looking for. I did see more alpaca there. So there are more options for clothing, but it's still kind of a premium fiber. So you're going to see a lot of high-end clothing, maybe not stuff that's meant to be backcountry. But still, it has all those qualities that you want in the backcountry. So I'm kind of hoping to see more alpaca in the future. And I saw a little bit more at the show this year. There was a product that we talked about about a year ago called Infuse. And it's a device that's meant to tie into your water reservoir. And what it does is it provides flavoring for your water reservoir. And it's able to be switched off so that you can just have plain water. And they are back. They kind of disappeared for a while because they were trying to get things figured out. They didn't want to put out a product that people were going to be frustrated with. 
So they are getting closer to being ready. And instead of them selling the flavorings, you can just use your favorite flavoring drops from the grocery store, you know, the uh, Mio drops or Crystal Light or whatever flavoring drops you prefer. And you put those in just a little mini reservoir. So they're close to being ready. Uh, Do you know, are they going to do a Kickstarter campaign or how will they launch? Well, it looks like you can pre-order from their website and you can find them at infusehydration.com. And infuse is spelled I-N-F-U-Z-E. I also noticed more of a European presence at OR. And so Jack Wolfskin, Lorpen was there, Fjallraven. These are European companies that are really popular everywhere else except for the United States. So that was a trend that I noticed that I think we'll be seeing more of these European companies wanting to have a real footprint in the United States. One of our listeners asked us to be on the lookout for the Fjallraven women's hiking tights, and they were on prominent display there at the show. I think half a dozen different styles of these hiking tights that have been very popular. And because of that, uh, Fjallraven really hasn't been able to keep them in stock, at least in the U.S. I don't know about the rest of the world. Uh, I talked to someone there at Fjallraven, and they said... They are fixing the supply chain issues and uh, should have them available again uh, in the U.S. this fall, which is just about now. (laughs) Yeah, and so uh, we'll see if that holds up. Uh, The listener who asked us about them said that that's what she had been told a few months ago was uh, they'll be available in just another month or two. Ah, hmm. You might have to find another option. I know for hiking pants anyway, Cool, K-U-H-L, is a really popular brand. And everyone that I've talked to that wears cool pants (laughs) uh, just loves them. They're very comfortable. They're not tights, but if you're looking for something comfortable, we've heard great things about Cool. Something interesting that I saw at the show that I haven't tried out yet is called Osana Mosquito Repellent Soap supposed to be safe, effective. You use it three times to make it like its maximum potency, and then you continue to use it, uh, and it's supposed to repel mosquitoes. So you just use it when you take a shower? Yes. Over the course of three days, you've built up enough repellent Uh where you can go out backpacking and... Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we got to try that. It's an interesting idea. Yeah. Especially since we finally found some mosquitoes this summer. We've been really lucky around here. Every trip we take, we haven't been bothered by mosquitoes. But I took the boys out to Three Mile Lake, same place we went last summer, but this summer there were more mosquitoes. And I think it's because we had such a rainy, wet winter and spring. The lake was actually a foot or two higher because of all that water that had accumulated over the winter. And the mosquitoes were very healthy there. Yes, we finally found our mosquito testing zone, (laughs) our test lab. Another thing I saw at the show was more use of bamboo. Bamboo is a very trendy material. I saw eating utensils, utensil sets. Of course, fabrics can be made out of bamboo. But it kind of got my mind tumbling. And I think, this is my own personal prediction and based on based on nothing, really. But I think it's just a matter of time before we start seeing bamboo in things like packs and tents. I really do. It's one of those, you know, earthy, just beautiful looking materials that is strong. It's compostable. And I think it just makes sense to start using it in other backpacking gear. 
So you heard it here first. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, another trend that I saw at the show, and I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before, but less chemicals, more nature in food. And I saw that to the extreme degree in a product called Natty Bars, N-A-T-T-I. It's like a banana-based energy bar, and it's kind of a dark chocolatey color. Anyway, it was chewy. It was delicious. The flavor was great. And I asked the guy at the booth, you know, well, what are the ingredients? And he looked at me like, hello, lady. And he pointed his finger to one word. The only ingredient in this bar was bananas. That's it. They take fresh bananas, they turn them into a paste, and then they dehydrate them and cut them up into bars. And they are so good. So you get one banana per bar. That's what it kind of shrinks down to. They also have a couple other flavors. There's a banana cacao and then a banana chocolate one that has like chocolate chips in it. But wow, one ingredient and then the other bar with the cacao nibs, two ingredients. And then the one with chocolate chips has, you know, dehydrated cane syrup, whatever it is, uh, and a couple other things. But Really? Bananas. Bananas. <laughs> they could be so good. Who would have thought? preserved. You know, I mean, you can take a, a natty bar and stick it in your backpack. You can't do that with a whole banana. Right. So this is a great way to travel with some good travel-friendly bananas. I spent some time at the All Good booth, which is a company that does all-natural body care products like sunscreen and deodorant and lotion and lip balm and stuff like that. And they had me take the No Chemical Sunscreen Challenge, which meant that I agreed not to use chemical sunscreen, that I would only use like the physical barrier sunscreen. Because I guess the chemical sunscreen does things to the ocean, like it destroys reefs. And also chemicals, we can all cut back a little bit. So hopefully next summer we'll have a chance to review the All Good Sunstick. They have several different sizes that are really convenient for backpackers, and there's no chemicals in them. It's just non-nanoparticle zinc oxide-based sunscreen. I stopped by the Yukon Outfitters booth they make hammocks. And when we got together with Jonathan from the Hang Your Own Hang podcast uh, last summer, he brought up Yukon Outfitters hammocks. That was our first hammock camping experience was in Yukon Outfitters. Uh, so I talked with them for a little bit. Over the past year, they've really focused just on prints. So if you want a hammock with lots of different options for the print on the fabric, all these different patterns and colors, then they've got a whole bunch. Uh, but they said that over the next year, they're going to uh, change some focus over to making some more technical fabrics, lighter, smaller hammocks, ones that will compete with uh, some of those other uh, ultralight hammocks on the market. Hilleberg, which is a tent company, was showcasing their new one-man tent, which was actually a very competitively priced tent. They said it was made out of a mesh material. I think they're calling it like a mesh tent, but it's not mesh at all. Like it's, it just looks like it is from a distance, but their tents are known for being sturdy, durable, and definitely a tent worth looking into. I think it's one of those things though, that it's not available right now. It'll be available a long time from now. So check into it next year and hopefully we'll be reviewing it 
next year. It's something that I'm really interested in. I think I saw that tent at their booth. It's the one that's, what was it, like under a pound? Yeah, it's super light. Very lightweight. I mean, that's the weight of a hammock at that point. Yeah, and of course it's see-through, so you do lose some privacy. And it's for one person, so you do lose, you know, some room and some options. But still, I remember it being competitively priced, like a, maybe around 230 I could be way off on that, but it seemed like it wasn't a shocking price, you know, like 575. It just seemed like it was something that was a better deal than what I expected. Another cool thing that I saw at the show was Pull Start Fire, and it's this little box about the size of a box of 200 matches, and you just pull the cord, it makes this popping sound, and then it burns for a really long time, like around 30 minutes. So it's one of those things that you could either take with you on a trip where you want to have a fire or you want to have an emergency fire. It seems like it would be a good emergency item. And I know that they're working on coming up with a smaller pull start fire that's specifically for backpackers. This one is a little bit larger and might be a little bit too heavy to put in a pack. So I think the smaller one will be much more relevant to backpackers. If we have listeners who are fans of Leatherman and the Leatherman products, Leatherman just came out with a watch that has, you know, little gear things on it and little tools and things. Maybe not completely relevant to backpacking, but sometimes if you love a brand, you want to know what's going on with other things that maybe aren't completely relevant to backpacking. So I'm guessing it's not going to replace a Leatherman multi-tool, but uh, it's actually got a few tools in it? Yeah. Wow. Like a screwdriver knife blade? Um, not a knife blade because okay. it's TSA friendly and oh, uh, life is not TSA friendly. Um, <laughs> or so, the TSA is not life friendly. <laughs> that's what it is actually. Yeah. So the watch is just going to have like things that probably for fixing your bike or, you know, screwdrivers, things like that. Huh. Wise Company is a company that does freeze-dried food, and they are expanding rapidly. We talked about them in one of our early episodes, and we said that they were the budget-friendly option. Well, now they have an organic line, a gluten-free line. They have shakes. They have a line called Simple Kitchen. Um, And the great thing about Wise Company is their food is easy to find, and it's relatively inexpensive for being freeze-dried. Uh, Switching topics to electricity for a little bit, there's always a lot of solar panel manufacturers there. But last year when we went to OR, Heather picked up this solar panel from a company, and it must have been a pre-production prototype or something, because it had absolutely no labeling on it, no branding at all. And guess what? That solar panel really worked. We sent it on a trip with some of our friends, and they came back and said, wow, a solar panel that actually charged our phones. This was amazing. Um, We want to use that again. And we said, great. We have no idea who gave it to us. (laughs) It's been this mystery kind of hanging over our heads for the past year because we wanted to know who it was. So this year at the show, I happened to be walking past this booth and I recognized the guy that I talked to last year And then I looked at the solar panels that were in front of him, and they were a different color. So I was like, did these used to be green and have no label? And he said, yeah, that was our Indiegogo campaign. I was like, I've been looking for you for so long. (laughs) 
And it's the company. It's Renogy, the company that makes the great solar charger that we have. So we found them. So now we have one of their blue trim solar chargers that actually has their logo on it. And we're testing that one as well. Uh, it seems like it's been doing pretty well. I tested it on a couple of really cloudy days on the Oregon coast when we went to Three Mile Lake and uh, we actually got some power out of it. I was also testing a core third solar panel and it was doing pretty well uh, under those uh, cloudy conditions as well. So we'll keep testing and uh, probably have some more updates and maybe our solar panel picks after we do some more testing. But speaking of power, there's another option out there. It's called Blue Freedom. It's the hydroelectric power generator, the one that you stick in a creek or a river and, well, you know, like a hydroelectric dam, it, it generates electricity. It's a really clever idea, but I think when they brought it out what was it last summer or or this past winter? It was last summer. I think it's been a year. Okay. When they first brought it out, well, it basically didn't work. And so they took it back and kept refining it. And they've got a new version of the product. Uh, again, I don't know if it's for sale yet, uh, but they had it there at the show. And they've got something that's working now that's generating a reasonable amount of electricity from a reasonable amount of water flow in a creek or a river. I really hope we get to test that one because we live in the Pacific Northwest where, especially in the winter, we are really low on sunlight, but we are really high on water. We have robust amounts of water. It's great. Another trend that I saw at OR was the growth of the minimalist shoe category. Of course, Zero Shoes was there with a hugely expanded line that will be available this fall through this spring, uh, Merrill was there with some minimalist shoes, Topo, Skinners, Vivo Barefoot. So it's just fun to see more options becoming available to people who are interested in just lightening up their load a little bit on their feet. And if you missed it, uh, go back two episodes to number 144. It was all about barefoot backpacking or backpacking with uh, quote unquote barefoot shoes. We're pretty excited about this area. <laughs> because we came into backpacking just assuming that we needed heavy hiking boots. And now we hike in sandals and minimalist shoes. And we love it. We've made this full transition. And yeah, maybe it's not for everyone, but it's for us. And so we're gonna tell everyone about it. <laughs> so it's really cool to see so many companies doing so much, especially Zero Shoes, because they just started with DIY sandals. And then they came out with a line of sandals that they made the entire sandal. You didn't have to assemble it yourself. Then a year ago, they came out with closed-toed casual shoes. And now they are just doing a ton of new product lines, including a pair of hiking shoes that will be coming out. So I can't wait to try those out. Of course, at every OR show, there are lots of food options. The big standout for me was yum butter, which is peanut butter that's in a package that looks similar to like a squeeze applesauce package, if that makes sense. You know, you unscrew the top and you can squeeze out the applesauce and you can screw the top back on. So peanut butter and cashew butter and sunflower butter and there are different butters and they added things to it that just really made it more of a complete food and really added some good nutrients. And I love the fact that you can reseal it. Justin's has been kind of our go-to peanut butter snack on the trail because it's a perfect little size. But I love the fact that yum butter is a larger size 
and can be resealed. So I'm excited about that. Um, Osprey has some new ultralight packs. And again, I don't have the exact date for when these will be coming out, but get excited because the Levity and the Lumina are going to be coming out and they're ultralight and they're around 275. And I think they're really beautiful packs. They did a really great job on the color and the design of these packs. Also at this show, I was exposed to two trails that I hadn't heard of before. Both of them sound really intriguing. One of them is called the Ice Age Trail in Wisconsin, and the other is the Oregon Desert Trail. So you can probably guess which one we'll probably check out first. Yeah. But the Ice Age Trail sounds really intriguing too. So I'm excited about both of those trails, and hopefully we'll get a chance to feature both of them in a Ready for Adventure segment on the show. My sister-in-law actually asked me to look for um, a better digging tool. She just brings along a little plastic shovel when she goes backpacking, and she said, there's got to be something better. So I told her about what we used, and she was like, yeah, just look at the show. Just see if there's anything that stands out there. And Vargo has come out with a new shovel called the Dig Dig Tool. And it's perfectly comfortable to use. It's cute. Dig, dig tool. <laughs> Sounds like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> dig, 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 dig. Uh, I think they called it the dig, dig because it's based on the Japanese word, um, which means dig, dig. But I can't remember what it is. It's like hari, hari or hockey, hockey. I'm sorry. I really <laughs> can't remember. Maybe we'll have to Google Translate it. But it's a very comfortable tool to use. It's really lightweight. It's only $25 and it's available now. So we will be reviewing that in an upcoming episode. But definitely go check it out before we review it. And I think you'll appreciate the design features that are part of the Dig Dig tool. Seems like at every show, Primaloft has a new installation, something that's warmer for its weight, something that has some cool feature, and this show is no different. Primaloft has a new gold insulation cross core, which is 14% warmer for its weight, and it uses something called aerogel. That's NASA talk. Yeah, it's it really is NASA technology. It's supposed to be completely impervious to temperature changes. Like it's very powerful stuff. Okay, you, you've I, got me convinced. Awesome. <laughs> I don't know all the technical words, but I know aerogel is a real thing. It exists and they're using it in this Primaloft gold insulation cross core. You probably won't see anyone using it in products except for L.L. Bean, and not because they have some kind of special deal with Primaloft. It's because they decided that they wanted to use it in their product, and it takes a long time for companies to transition into using a new kind of insulation or a new zipper or a new fill-in-the-blank because they already have this year's stuff and they already are in production with next year's stuff. So you'll probably start seeing this actually in 2019 in more products. Well, there's this perpetual quest to replace down, and we're not there yet, uh, but the claims are being made. And another one was uh, Marmot with their featherless line. They use 3M Thinsulate, and um, they say it's the power of 700 fill power down. Wow. 
Backpackers are always looking for things that can be multi-use. So I was really impressed when I saw this product by Rome Outdoors that is a blanket, a poncho, and you can roll it all up and turn it into a backpack. Oh, cool. Not a high capacity backpack, but still, I love the idea of taking off your pack at night and then, wow, you have this blanket or this poncho and it just turns into something else. So that's something you may want to check out. Uh, for all of you iPhone users, we saw a product there called ProShot and it's a special case for your phone that turns it into a GoPro camera. So if you're into the GoPro thing, if you like to record your life and watch it again, <laughs> no judging. We kind of think GoPros are funny. The GoPro obsession. But if you like that kind of thing, it's okay. Now there's something for your iPhone that can turn it into a GoPro camera. Now, there's not a actual connection to GoPro here. No, is I don't yeah. think so. So something that turns your iPhone into a camera that uh, is used in similar ways that a GoPro is used. Huh? You just saved us a lawsuit. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and one last one I'll mention. I stopped at the Sea to Summit booth and I really liked their sleeping pads. There were two things I liked about them. One was due to the design, they took way less air to inflate. Like way less, probably a third of the amount of air compared to the other sleeping pads that we have, and yet felt good and had the the high insulating, you know, the high R factor. The second thing I loved about them was how the inflation bag attached to the pad, it actually clipped on. To me, it seemed so much more secure and easy to get on and off. Um, we have pads where the inflation bag is, it has this kind of rubbery, opening and you kind of squeeze it around the uh, the knob or whatever that you turn to open up the pad. And then you start inflating and, and sometimes it'll kind of slide off of that knob. So I loved with these uh, Cedar Summit pads that you would just clip the inflation bag right onto the pad, start inflating. When you're done, you just clip it off. Also, it had the quick release opening so that when you're ready to deflate the pad, instead of waiting for the shh. <laughs> You just open this large quick release opening and all the air comes out. Cool. Well, one of my regrets from, I think it was last summer OR, is that I didn't stop and pay attention to the hammock at Cedar Summit. They have an incredibly ultralight, beautifully designed, designed by spiders, magical spiders <laughs> that spun this thing. It was amazing. And it's not just another hammock. Do you know what I'm saying? I missed it. I, oh. I stopped at the Sea to Summit booth and I didn't see their hammock. Well, I mean, like when I say it's not just another hammock, last OR, last summer OR, there were so many hammocks. And right. some of them were well-designed and other ones you just felt like it was just a big piece of parachute. Anyway, so I just kind of took for granted that Sea to Summit was just coming out with another uh, another hammock. Yeah, just like everyone else. Right. Absolutely not true. This hammock is beautiful, and I'm really hoping that we're able to share it on the show uh, in the coming months because I was impressed with its design. So Sea to Summit is definitely a company that backpackers should keep their eye on because they are always innovating and they've got some really great stuff. Wow. Well, uh, that was certainly more than a top five list, maybe a top 25. I think we're going over time today. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, lots of great stuff at this show. It just left us feeling really excited, and there are lots of things to look forward to in 2018, for sure. And what will happen is that over the next few months, we will take some of these themes or products that we saw and incorporate them into episodes of this podcast. So we can do a deep dive into maybe the Renogy solar panel or the Sea to Summit sleeping pads or new ideas about fabrics or foods. And as always... Feel free to contact us via Facebook or Twitter if there are things that you want us to include in an upcoming show or things that you'd like us to look for at the next Outdoor Retailer Show, because we love to find things that are relevant to our first 40 milers, things that you're looking for and things that you have questions about. Well, since we're on an OR theme today, I thought it would be fun to share a listener story from someone who was at OR. So today's listener story is from Kevin at Primus. He says Primus because he speaks English, but if you talk to the owner of the company, he says Primus. So I guess it just depends. You can say it both ways. (laughs) But his story is about backpacking with kids and having a truly memorable backcountry feast. Hi, my name is Kevin and I work for Primus. I think probably my last great memory was with my kids, and we went up and just did a quick overnight hike from the house, but uh, we were able to go up into the Gore Range, watch the sunset, and I think the thing that made it good is versus taking your normal freeze-dried food, we were able to take uh, one of our stove sets that was a little more um, complex so we could cook some different courses on, and we actually were able to do quite a nice gourmet dinner up in the mountains as we, you know, when we camped out. So versus the normal freeze-dried things, we were able to make kind of a culinary experience out of it. And I think, to me, I think that's the future, is people want to eat the same food they eat at a restaurant out in the wood. And my children will, you know, that's one thing they're going to remember for the rest of their lives and probably recreate the same thing with their kids. Well, thank you, Kevin, for sharing your story. I think it's interesting. We tend to think trail mix and freeze-dried food when we're preparing food for a trip, when in fact there are no rules that tell you what you have to eat. You're welcome to pack in fresh vegetables, a knob of ginger, your favorite sauce, a block of tofu, and some minute brown rice so that you can enjoy an incredible stir fry and an unbeatable view. It all kind of comes down to priorities. So as long as you have those essentials in place, then everything else really is negotiable and infinitely adaptable. For today's backpack hack of the week, flashlight task lighting in your tent. One of the tricky things about handheld flashlights is that when you try to use them in a tent, you have a few awkward options. You can hold them the whole time as you're trying to sort through your stuff. I've seen people that put them in their mouth so that they can have a hands-free option. You can also set them in a mesh pocket of your tent, which means they'll either be pointing straight at you and blinding you or away from you, which isn't really helpful either. If you try to toss that flashlight into the mesh gear loft above your head, you'll still have the same problem of the flashlight not pointing in the direction that you need it to point. There's got to be a better way. There is. There is. (laughs) Because I know you found it. I found it. 
<laughs> well, I discovered this hack while I was camping at our church's girls camp a few weeks ago. I had this little dollar store flashlight and it had a little string loop attached to the end. So I slipped that loop into the zipper pull of the inside front door of my tent. And then I pulled the flashlight through that loop so that it was dangling from the zipper pull. Then I zipped the tent door closed so that the zipper was all the way at the top. So when I turned my flashlight on, it hung perfectly so that I could read, write in my journal, tidy up and adjust my bedding. And this works because the roof of the tent is slanted and the light, when it's hung on the zipper, just hangs in the perfect spot so that it can actually illuminate a pretty good part of the tent. The second benefit of doing this little task lighting hack is that it makes for a nice big zipper pull that's easy to find in the dark so that you can leave your tent for a midnight potty run or midnight party run. I don't know. The only downside of this hack is that it's hard to remove the flashlight once you've got it secured on there. So if you want an option that's easier to remove, just use a little mini carabiner to attach the flashlight onto the zipper. We'll leave you today with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, Aristotle. He said, what we have to learn to do, we learn by doing. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you've been on a backpacking trip, share your story at thefirst40miles.com slash story. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles. So this year at the show, I happen to be the do-over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aerogel is like, I don't even understand what it is. Josh, do you know anything about Aerogel? I thought that you were telling me something about it. I don't remember. I think I was just making up stuff to tell <laughs> you about it.